<laughs> my nigga cooking. Bro, you say what? <laughs> I said my nigga over there cooking. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's my girl. Oh, man. The struggle. <laughs> he waited until 9 o'clock. I was like, we ain't got no buns. I'm like, no buns. Just slap that shit on some, some white bread, <laughs> bro. <laughs> right. Like, take it back to the mom's crib. Right, man. Humble yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Henny Nights. I'm your host, your brother, Jay White. And I got the homie, CT, back on the podcast with me. We've been talking about doing this shit for like two weeks, but we finally got it together Man. so we could bless <laughs> so we could bless y'all with this episode. But life be happening out here, so. Yeah, man, it's wild. Been busy. He been busy as hell, basically <laughs> because. My man's is getting married. So first things first, we were rapping about how that's been going. Mm-hmm. And as I figure, it's been a struggle. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a process, man. It's a process, bro. Yeah, dealing with people's family and dealing with people's egos. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just crazy because, like, I always laugh when people say, you know, weddings bring out the worst in people. And not even talking about, like, people who really involved in it, bro, but just, you know, like, just like everybody. Uh, I know me and you was joking about it, but it's almost like when you're having a wedding, it's like you, 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 got, you just blew up in the city. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody else cuz and everybody saying, oh, man, I know I'm getting that invite, and you just sitting there like, are you really, bro? <laughs> like, really? Like, who gave you that clearance? You know what I mean? Right. It's just wild to kind of see people entitlement, you know, when it comes to, like, a wedding. Yeah. And like I was telling you before, my uh, my sister just got married in July, mm-hmm. and, when, and when she was sending out the invites mm-hmm. she was real particular about it because she's already been married once unfortunately he passed away so she was like i'm not gonna do the whole church and big ass reception like i did the first time i've been there did that mm-hmm. but uh her new husband like low-key was saying he didn't want a wedding but he mm-hmm. low-key but he low-key wanted a wedding so you know, they planned it at this this venue, you know, over by the Fox. Mm-hmm. And when she sent out the invites or whatever, she was super particular about who she wanted to send the invite to because she wanted, like, immediate family that have had some sort of, you know, impact and are still, like, in her life or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's a head count, and these plates cost money. Yep. <laughs> So she made to be she made sure to be like please RS please RSVP to me. She mm-hmm. put another envelope inside the invitation that was already stamped. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was reply and say who your plus one was, and and if you were 
bring the plus one at all, but you still needed the RSVP. Yep. So she started getting the RSVPs back, and motherfuckers was doing write-ins like, you know, it was a ballot. <laughs> like, you know, I'm it's me and and, and William and, and Sam and Isaiah. It's like, yo, nigga, like I said, plus mm-hmm. one. And what was crazy now that I think about it, the people that folks were writing in were getting their own individual invitation mm-hmm. anyway. So like you didn't have to write them in. You just basically messing up right. the count. Like, no, take make sure you take care of you and your spouse or you and or and your boyfriend or girlfriend that you really are or have been with, have put some time in. Don't be bringing like mm-hmm. You know the new flavor of the week <laughs> to my shit. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? So, but yeah, she was rapping with me about that, and she was pissed. She was like, "Yo, like, there's etiquette to it." Oh yeah, you know, and that just put me in the mind state, like, "Yo, okay, when I I do want to get married, I don't know if I'm gonna have the tolerance and patience mm-hmm. for that shit." And it's crazy because I think I think there really should be uh, like a wedding etiquette class you know on on how right. to accept invitations on how to you know respect the couple's wishes and the rules whatever the hell they got going on because I mean I've been to so many weddings this year and I've been to all I done, I've been to two all black weddings and you know really everybody's done a good job with following these dress codes, but every time it's always one person who just act like they didn't get the memo. And it's like, bro, <laughs> like what's your deal? But also, but also, <laughs> you know, just going off of, you know, going back to the invite thing, it's just crazy how entitled people feel to attend your wedding. And like, people think like choosing a venue and all that stuff is hard. That's the easy part, bro. Like the Mm -hmm. logistics of everything, that's when, you know, you and your future spouse, y'all in here really grinding and you, and you, and you start thinking about people as more than, you know, like a friend or something like that. You really start thinking about them as a number, which is crazy to think Mm -hmm. of, but it's like, you really have to put things into perspective when you start writing down your guest list because, I mean, you know, you've been in the party game and, you know, you invite everybody out, whoop-de-whoop, you know, people pay to get in, but there's always that list of people who want to get in for free. And, 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 <laughs> right. and then, like, everybody your friend when you can get them in for free. Like, everybody. Right. But, you know, you you just start thinking about different criteria. So, like, you know, for me, I had like three or four tiers of people. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, family is is up there, you know, pretty high. And then, you know, you got your your homies who you just know is going to ride for you, whatever. They've been supporting you. They know everything that's going on, you know, to a certain point because nobody should know everything mm-hmm. that's going on within your house. But that, but they right. know like they were at the proposal. They just been there with you, and then 
you know, it's a little gray area after that because you start thinking like, yeah, I'm cool with these people, but shit, if they was getting married, would I be invited? Or, you know, right? how long ago did I talk to this person? And then, you know, everybody mm-hmm. has their own rules, man. People have, you know, their one-year rule. So basically, mm-hmm. you know, if I ain't talked to you in a year, mark you off the list. You, you know, right. I ain't talked to you in two years. What's been the reason? Marking you off the list. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we might have been cool, you know, three, four years ago, but shit, I done had a whole relationship with this person. And you ain't been nowhere right. to be found. And you really start just right. compartmentalize. Is that a word? Comp- <laughs> it's a long it ass word. Compartmentalize. But uh, <laughs> you start putting people in these different pockets man and 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 you really have to consider that because like i got i got some real good friends man but they ain't even asked you know about my lady and then i got some Mm -hmm. homies who who've taken the liberty of forming their relationship with her like text her you know they they the homies so you know they like family Mm -hmm. to us so you know, you, you got that gray area, but you got to start really thinking about all that type of shit when it comes to, you know, your wedding. So, yeah, man. Yeah, I know that's going to be some eye-popping, eye-revealing mm-hmm. shit when it comes time for me to make that list. Like, yo, because motherfuckers are going to be salty. Like, you can't please mm-hmm. everybody, so it's going to be, pro- it's probably going to be family that, you know, salty at me. It's probably going to be people that, you know, really, we might be mm-hmm. cool and they thought we really fuck with each other like that and then they don't get an invite. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because I know just my personality type, like, I'm, I'm only going to be looking forward to the actual proposal <laughs> and the fucking man, reception. Man, <laughs> and I tell you, like, I think that's just a man thing, too. And and right. not to say, like, as a man, I'm not excited for the wedding, because I am. I think it just became more real for me, because we just took engagement photos. So, that was kind of like, alright, yeah, this is happening, type deal. But I think it's just a different level of excitement where you're trying to stay more grounded because I don't care what your woman says. I don't care if they say, oh, I ain't going to be this, I ain't going to be that, I ain't going to be this, I ain't going to be that. Bro, when they get the ring and the planning starts, they all turn into uh, some expert wedding planner. <laughs> and, and it's like, you're going to appreciate it. Like, like for me, that's my that's my daytime job. Like that's what I do in like real right. life. I help plan events. Sometimes it's weddings. Sometimes it's corporate events. So like for me, when I get home, the last thing I want to do is talk about planning the an event. But like my fiance, she's really taking the liberty, you know, of like learning and like talking to people and. And she was not this type of person beforehand. And she, I said, I'm going to be chill. 
but it's like I don't know what it is but they just get this level of excitement it's a good thing but you know they all every every woman that I know that has went through this process it's been the same thing and uh, some more than others like my fiance is not a bridezilla nothing crazy like that thank god but she does have a certain vision that she's probably had for a long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but now she's executing that vision and that just brings a different level of intensity out when they've had mm-hmm. this 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 picture in their head for all these years. Right. Yeah, man. And that's fine with me. Cause, Cause I know, like, even with personal mm-hmm. shit, like birthdays, bro. I dread planning mm-hmm. birthdays. I dread planning my own birthday. Like, I'll plan your shit. Like, I will give you ideas and be like, "All right, bet this mm-hmm. what we doing." But when it comes to my own shit, bro, it's like I look at it as a task, and then that takes away the actual enjoyment of the shit when it comes time for it. You right. know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. So, like, I'm completely cool with, you know, turning the wheels over. <laughs> like, yeah, like, because I, I only plan on doing this shit once mm-hmm. anyway. And so, that's, what, that's where we, so, we like, it's a one-time deal. It's uh, well, let's make it right because, for like you said, like, the things we are looking forward to may be completely different. It's like, because I ain't gonna lie, this this planning process, it gets stressful. It gets real stressful, but, like, for me, you know, I just keep thinking, like, once it's planning over, I just want to enjoy that day. So, like, and and you hear so many of these horror stories about I ain't eat on my wedding day. I ain't do this, I ain't do that, and I'm just kind of like, man, that's the last thing <laughs> that I'm really sitting here trying to do, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of like, like, and, and I've been, and and it's crazy, I'm, I'm going to say this, but like, if you ever do get engaged, I don't know what it is about when you get engaged, but you automatically start getting invited to more weddings, but go to all the months, <laughs> go to every wedding, because uh-huh. you just start looking at things that other people have done at their wedding and you uh-huh. start saying, oh, I definitely don't want this to happen. Oh, oh, I right. definitely don't want this. It helps you out. It, it's like scouting right. a team, right? So, like, you play sports, you scout the team and you see what they've done with another play, with another team and you're like, well, you right. don't want this scenario to happen or if this scenario happens, how do we be prepared for that? So like it's almost mm-hmm. like please go to those weddings. It's gonna it's gonna get tiring. I mean, this year alone we went to three weddings. Uh uh-huh. was it three? No. Four weddings, bro. Since July. Shit. So like two in July, two in September. Last year we went to three weddings. It's just been crazy. Like the amount of weddings, and I guess we just at that age now, which is wild. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Because I got, I know for a fact next year I'm going mm-hmm. to one for sure. 
And like we all in the same age group. So like just like with you, I'm looking around at my, you know, my homies and my peers mm-hmm. and shit. And like, yeah, bro, like keep it one hundred. I'll I'll be thirty in January. So it's like Yeah, man, it's it's a legit mm-hmm. thing, bro. Like it's a legit thing. But I already had in the back of my mind. You know, when I did go, I've gone to previous weddings. I've never gone. I think the most I've gone to in one year may might have been two. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I mean, yeah, definitely take. Yeah, I definitely take certain stuff away from certain yeah. weddings and be like, yeah, I don't fuck with. I that mean, too much. Uh, like you talking to a person who went to maybe like before 2015. I think I went to like. Uh, I've weddings in my life, in my mm-hmm. life, and in the past right. two years, I've been to like eight. So it's just insane, like the amount of weddings that we've been to, and and, and I mean, right. like I said, you just see a lot of different things. You kind of you know what you want out of it. Uh, I. I my biggest thing is I want me and her to have our moment, but then at the reception, I want us to kick it along with everybody else. I don't, re- I don't really care yeah. too much about the logistics of what's going on, but that's that's like kind of my goal is like mm-hmm. to just have that moment where it's like because I know it's gonna be stressful, but I want to also have that moment mm-hmm. where it's like, damn, this was all our planning. Has came with, you know what I mean? It, it's just, right, wanna, right, I want to be able to take that in and not, and not like miss it, because I feel yeah, like yeah, for sure. not a lot of people get to take it in. And as a person who does events, that's like the best feeling is seeing all that planning and execution come to life. So that's kind of mm-hmm. where I'm at with it. Yeah, bruh. Yeah, man, I that's like a fear of mine, dreading, <laughs> like the dreading the shit. Like I've already made up in my mind that, like I said, the reception is for me. Everything else is for for her. Just let me have my Hennessy fountain <laughs> <laughs> at the fucking reception, and I'm Gucci. You play, you can play swag surfing and fucking. Uh, uh, snap and roll, and I'll be a happy <laughs> fucking man. I'll be a happy fucking man. Then, so I am, like I said, I'm willing to turn over the reins. You plan the wedding. Tell me where I need to sign. Tell me where I need to put the bread at. And like, I'll let you, I'll let you have that. But the reception, though, I'm also in the same camp mm. as you, though. Like, at some point, I do want that moment, you know, with, you know, my mm. wife and be like, like, look. Like we made it through, you know, all the stress stresses of the mm-hmm. bullshit, and here we are. And that probably needs to be before the reception. Oh yeah. Because then after it, <laughs> because then at the reception, hey, you're not, you probably, you're gonna liable to get some, some uncouth shit coming out of my mouth versus, you know, some, some sober, yeah. uh, well thought out. You shit. know, it's crazy though. <laughs> like, I thought I just was gonna care about the reception and shit. But, like, I think as men, we get, like, the weirdest things that we that you're going to be, like, are, like, one things that you want involved in your wedding. Like, for me, 
I never thought I would really care about like the groomsman situation. Uh-huh. But then my fiance, when she, I was talking to her and she was like, yeah, I don't want a wedding party. And I was like, man, that's kind of whack though. <laughs> like, like, I mean, like not in the sense of like just you and your, your spouse being up there and getting married, but mm-hmm. missing that whole moment where, where I guess because growing up, you always had like, I always saw like either like my uncles and all his brothers. Or like mm-hmm. going to my other homies' weddings and saying like that last little moment where you you and all your homies just like yeah. together and it's like they sending you off. You know what I mean? So like, so yeah, like yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. That, that was one of those. That was my like my one thing that I said. So I gotta have groomsmen because it's it's almost it's fitting for like mm-hmm. somebody who's like kind of live, you know, a, a good young adulthood. Like, right, right, right. has been active, you know, just, like, just been out, you know. It, and it's like that one moment where I think, um, it depends on which group of friends I'm talking about, but, like, <laughs> not, because I got, I got married friends who will be in my wedding. But then right, again, right. I had like the majority of them single, and I don't like. I'm beyond. I don't know when when the hell they gonna get married. So I'm like, this is kind of like inaugural mm-hmm. <laughs> of like the first one leaving the first jersey going up to the rafters, blah blah blah. You know, just like that. Yeah, that homie moment where it's like, I gotta have it. I mean, you seen it in the wood. You know, the best man. I, I guess that's why I'm always like that whole moment like like yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. experience because it's like it'll be kind of weird for me like to have that whole bachelor party moment and things like that and i ain't got that best man next to me or you know just like they there but like i don't know it, it's weird that we talk about like titles and shit like that with like between like women and men but like that moment is something that i wanted and yeah i don't know Smoke cigar, smoke, yeah, yeah, smoke yeah. cigar with your homies before or before the wedding, or you know, take some shots to Hennessy, whatever the fuck you need to do. But just to have that moment with your boys, they come out, they walk out, they support you, and then you know, it's almost like they they saying, "Here, take this nigga." <laughs> <laughs> right, we, right, we right. Down with him. <laughs> the official ceremony, yeah, the official ceremony, like you said, Jersey going to the rap. Yeah, because I mean, if you think of, if yeah. you think about a wedding, bro, it's like, man, it, it, like the how it's set up, how it's set up, the woman's being given away, like this is this is her being given away, like everybody's giving the woman away to the to the man, and it's like the man is just there, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so like so like that like that groomsman situation is like, yo, this nigga's ready here. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't been through our bullshit, we didn't kicked it, we didn't seen this nigga at his worst. Now this nigga's ready for you, and like we here to to make sure he gets to you type shit. So yeah, that's yeah, that's a different perspective. I don't think yeah, oftentimes it's looked at from the perspective of the the uh, bride and whatnot, mm-hmm. you know. So 
Yeah, that's an interesting. I can't even start. That's an interesting way to look at. Look, I at mean, it. you just sure. when when you in the situation, you start looking at it a different way, and that's one of the ways that that I kind of been looking at is like that's the I wanted that moment. You know, like the woman, she get the proposal, she get the ring, she get everything, and it's like you ain't got you ain't got shit for your homies. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I mean? You get your bachelor party, which you know. I'll tell you right now, that is a great experience. I have not had it yet, but like just the planning process of it and seeing my homies get excited for it gets you excited for everything else too. Because like all right. your niggas, all they care about is the bachelor party gonna be lit. But it's like, I don't know, my homies they like, yeah, the bachelor party gonna be lit. But it's like this whole year gotta be lit. You know what I mean? So it's like. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like D Wade right now. He like one last dance. This is last year in the league. Let's kick it. And like that's right. basically like how my homies done set up my last year. Just kind of like let's do it. We got to go X Y Z. We got to kick it. We gonna cap it off with your bachelor party, thirtieth birthday, combine that, and then we kick we we pushing your ass down now. And it's like shit. What more can you ask for? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there goes the male perspective for that ass. It, I cause, you know, I don't know. I mean, women are the, the mind state of what, what men be thinking mm-hmm. and shit. And it it ain't some all it ain't always some bullshit like, oh, I'm 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 scared cause I'm fucking, you know, leaving, you know, leaving all my pieces behind and shit shit like that. It ain't nah. always that type of that type of mm-hmm. deal. So, yeah, man, that's some good ass insight. I ain't never I'm, think I, about it that way, but that's what it is, said. bro. And I mean, it's it's like, I, yeah, I make that joke all the time. Like, shit, I'm about to be locked up, but bro, what about I've been in this relationship already, right? Two right. and a half years, three years. Yeah, ain't shit. So, changed. I mean, you ain't know, changed, like bro. like that, that's <laughs> been gone. You know what I mean? So I find it I always right. laugh when dudes be like, oh man, this. This is it? It's like no, bro. You've been in that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. now, <laughs> now it's just a official. Yeah, like you, you know, you've been uh, there, bro. Like what you mean? This is it? Like you've been there. Right. You know, you made that decision right. to put that ring on her finger. And and I'm gonna tell you this, bro. As a dude who did this crazy ass proposal, some shit that I never thought I was gonna do. Do it small. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, but I ain't gonna say do it small, but just do something that's gonna resonate with your lady, and yeah. and, that's, and okay. that's gonna be something with y'all because for us, like, it was great. We was able to bring together a lot of people for it. It was good, but now, like that 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 theater is a part of our relationship. So so like yeah, now, we, like we went there. I want to say like six months after the proposal. Because they had gave us like these free movie tickets, free dinner tickets, all this shit for having our event there. And uh, it was just one of those moments where we was like, we ain't got shit to do. It's a Saturday night. Let's go see Black Klansman. And I'm like, let's go to Alamo because, you know. And then they ended up being in the same theater where I proposed that. And it was just like one of those moments where like this shit dope. Like this, like this piece, like this building, this place always gonna be mm-hmm. a part of our relationship because this is why I propose and shit like that. So yeah. Right. 
made a memory, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, yeah, moments and <laughs> memories, bro. But speaking of moments and memories, have you gone to see Drake in concert? Not this recent tour, but have you seen him in concert? In I've general? seen Drake in concert, I want to say two or three times. Yeah. Okay, so you familiar with his performance yeah. style. So what do you think the Drake experience, I guess it's called the Drake experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, how was it for you? Cause I, my first time seeing them, I went to Chicago mm-hmm. um, and this is the recent tour that he's on with the Migos. So I've seen the Migos perform before mm-hmm. and they leave a lot to be. Designed. They was trash. <laughs> they was trash when I first saw them, man. And and so, that was part of the reason why I didn't want to go to this tour. Okay, so because it's clear there's a hierarchy with like you know they're all popular, mm-hmm. but obviously Quavo is the most popular. Mm-hmm. So like he's a man on the hooks, you know, producer. He's the fucking one with the most energy. Most of the time, mm-hmm. then you got uh offset who like I guess we could say like the balance of the group mm-hmm. he falls in between Quavo and uh yeah, takeoff. Like offset offset is like real cool, you know. I get the whole like I get kind of like the rock star mm-hmm. mentality type vibe from him and shit. So he like the real cool one, and then takeoff. That nigga look like he don't ever want to be there. That like, nigga always look high. He look high as shit. Like, he'll be, like, Quavo will be, you know, bouncing around the stage, all said be doing his thing, and then Takeoff will be in the corner, you know, just doing the ad-libs in his own fucking mind and shit. <laughs> so, like, and I've seen the Migos perform twice now, and it's literally, I thought, like, it was just an off night the first night mm-hmm. I saw him, like, perform. And then I go to the tour, and I'm like, no, nah, like, this really is the dynamic mm-hmm. between these niggas, you know? So, like, it was even more crazy, though. I'm saying, like, Takeoff is the one that don't show the most energy and shit, be off on his mm-hmm. own. But I'm probably the most excited about his fucking hey. album. Then, then, then the rest. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say right. this, bro. And, and we ain't then got to get into the Quavo album because that mother was mid. Um, but I'm gonna say this: like, Takeoff album gonna run laps around Quavo joint. It's gonna run laps around it, bro. And I say that because I feel like people like Quavo more as a as a feature artist. Right, because ain't nobody like people love when Quavo hooks for other people's shit. But as soon as I just ain't see that same love for him on his own solo project or any of his singles that he's dropped. To be honest, right? You know, so that's that though. Talk, yeah, we won't get into it because that's a that could be a whole long ass mm-hmm. conversation, but. I'm at I'm I think I'm becoming the cranky old man. Mm-hmm. Cause like 
for one, all the songs sounded. I mean, you can say most of the Migos songs kind of sound alike. So I won't even get all on my high horse on that shit. Um, And like, I was kind of excited for a Quavo album. I'm like, oh, he's going to come with some shit. Mm -hmm. And then you know how you you get amp, you amp some shit up, and then when you finally get it, you like, yeah, I could have waited on this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the Quavo album to me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, um, and on top of that, I don't think I can sit through an album that's more than maybe twelve to fifteen songs long anymore, bro. man. I, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you the one exception to that, and that was that Chris Brown album. That shit was fire, right? But it took me like four days to listen to that long ass shit, right? It, I still haven't worked <laughs> all the way through that album, mm-hmm. but majority of the out, the majority of the tracks I've listened to on that Chris Brown album is yeah, fire. Like so, cool. Yeah, that I think the most of the people I've talked to have said that that album. That Chris Brown album is the mm-hmm. exception, but like Lil Wayne album too long, Quavo album too mm-hmm. long. So I'm like, what's the issue? I really think like you can only hold my attention. You if you at twelve, mm-hmm. perfect. If you hit fifteen, all right, cool. But like, but, not, you know, anything after fifteen, um, I was about to say good. once you get to I'm that good. fifteen, bro, it got to be fire. Like, like you gotta have me hooked by at least track eight if you want me to get through seven more tracks, man. Like right. very, you know, not often will I listen to a fifteen track album if I don't like the majority of the first eight. I'm just gonna be like, All right, this ain't for me. Right. But I mean And I think a lot of artists are catching on to that shit. Like, yo, let's just give them Eight to ten tracks, mm-hmm. boom, get in and be cool and be cool with it. I mean, you get some, and then it it what I had I used to have a problem where like artists were putting out uh projects <laughs> every like three to three to four fucking uh-huh. months. Like Future did that shit, and I'm like, bruh, I'm still playing the last shit you put out three or four months ago. But I guess it's a with the way streaming is set up now, mm-hmm. like. They're in constant rotation, so you constantly have stuff that's being streamed that's more money in your pocket. I get it. Um, I en- actually enjoy anticipation mm-hmm. on waiting on projects, but you know, like I said, I could just be like the the nigga that's turned into a cranky old. I mean, man. I, I feel like I feel like it's a it's a it's a fine line to play with that, like. Like because when Future had that stint from uh, uh, what was that Monster all the way to like Fifty Six Nights, mm-hmm. like shit, I was happy when Future was dropping. But then, you know, you just you get you get too much, and I feel right. like I feel like certain artists can drop every year, and I'm cool with it. Like I don't feel like Migo. Like I feel like they have to. They have to drop every every year to right. to stay relevant. As far right. as like a Cole, Cole can stay. Cole be torn on one album for two years. Mm-hmm. You know, Kendrick does a good job of you know just dropping and then you know chilling and touring on his album, 
doing some features here and there. You know, I think it's a fine line between that because you can definitely drop, you know, an album a year and just like hit nothing but features in between that. But, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately, you know, it there has to be a fine line. There's very few people who can keep dropping over and over and over and over and, and keep right. you entertained. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to go back to your thought on uh, the Drake experience. <laughs> so, all right. So, so like, I didn't realize how many hits the Migos had, which is which also goes into the fact of them dropping so much content. Like they drop, like you say, almost every eight eight to ten months, just mm-hmm. about. So I kind of feel like that fucked them up with between Culture One and Culture Two because Culture Two is nowhere near as good as Culture mm-hmm. One. So even though their performance is like lackluster, when they start going through their catalog of hits, you realize like, God damn, like for the short amount of like what they've been out like maybe what, like five, six mm-hmm. years between that five to six year span, they low key got a nice catalog of hits. And now you about to add into it their all their solo albums or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna uh extend their set even longer because they did like maybe I wanna say because we got to the concert me and my homeboy got to the concert late. I want to say we got there maybe 10 minutes late and they performed for like another maybe 25, 30 mm-hmm. minutes. So you mean, it, and they're not even doing full songs right. either. You know, they're not going through all the songs fully. So I'm like, damn, you mean to tell me you can do 40 or 45 mm-hmm. minutes and straight bangers? I'm like, <laughs> huh, okay, like, shit, excuse the fuck out of me. Right, like, let me see what's cracking there. Yeah, let me see what's cracking there. So... I mean, outside of like the performance and and the aspect of it, like they were straight. So, I, and I'm going to see them again when they come here uh, in two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, so I'll I'll reaffirm what the <laughs> fuck I'm saying now when I go to, when I go to the St. Louis right. show. But but Drake had me feeling like a light skinned nigga, <laughs> like. Like he came, he came out on some some he on his theatrical mm-hmm. shit now. So like he came out and had this like you know pre- curtain projection shit mm-hmm. down, and he performed like three or four songs behind his curtain. I'm like, nigga, you bold as mm-hmm. fuck. Oh, like, he was on his Erica Badu shit. Yeah, bro. Like you see him walking around this big ass uh, LED flat screen stage performing the mm-hmm. songs and, and shit like that. And then finally, you know, he lift the curtain and then all the women go crazy and shit. And then he go into a set. And then he go into a set. And I ha- I feel like we are responsible, humble brag. We are responsible for laying the fact that uh, keep that B-side shit to a minimum. Mm-hmm. Do your A-side shit. Because he did damn near all of his A-side mm-hmm. shit. He did damn near almost every song on A-side, and then he did bits and pieces of songs on B-side. He tried to get that weak-ass Michael Jackson That shit trash. <laughs> he tried to get that weak and I'm, I'm pissed that the radio is really trying to play that shit here, but 
he tried to play that week as Michael Jackson shit. He went into like uh, I'm telling parts of the concert, mm. so I'll just say he tried to get that Michael Jackson shit off. But like he quickly then went into his other shit, and then he took and then another nigga who got an extensive ass catalog. Yeah, like as for him getting teed off on by Pusha, which we we gonna talk about that <laughs> shit too. For him to get minus the ass whooping my man's took. You can't deny the fact that he he got hits, but overall the concert was lit, and that is why I'm going to see the nigga again. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like I I I I'm a fan of Drake, so I like literally was rapping every song and shit, mm-hmm. and the energy was crazy. So, um, did you go see him for this tour, or did you go see him for a previous? Tour? So man, I done seen Drake in like two. Three different settings. Uh, I saw him on the um, Nothing Was the Same tour. That shit was lit. Okay. I saw him at St. Louis actually when he had the fucking uh, floating stage joint walking around and shit. Yeah, that shit was mm-hmm. that shit was lit. Uh, he was and even back then. Drake had fucking hits, bro. Like, and that right. was like four or five years ago, and um, it's just mm-hmm. insane. To see his growth and 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 on that level, like because I thought he was gonna be born, he just right. never really piqued me as like a a great performer. Thought I was just gonna see a lot of Drake hands and blah blah blah. But dude actually put on a good show, and he's head and shoulders better than what he was at that point. Now, mm-hmm. uh, but the craziest part, the craziest place. Where I seen Drake, and and this is where I knew this nigga was just something like on another level. Is uh, we was at South by South by Southwest, and we mm-hmm. was at a Fader show. The Fader show was crazy, bro. It had like um, it had hella people: Anderson Pod, Gold Link. Like this was a good two twenty twenty sixteen, I think. Where I took them pictures twenty sixteen? No, it was twenty fifteen. So like Anderson Park, it had um, shit. It may have been twenty sixteen, one of them years. But it, the the show was crazy. It had Yo Gotti brought out like Mike Will, all these people, and then like this is where I knew Drake had like was just on another level. Nobody even knew he was actually coming to this place. Like it was just a rumor, bro. Like it was a rumor mm. that Drake was gonna have an OVO show at Fader that night. It was the last night of Fader, and we was like, "All right, man, we might as well see." Dog, we waited a good after we sat in that place for I want to say three, four hours, like watching all these other people perform. We waited an additional hour, bro. Like they had turned on all the lights and everything. And we just sitting there. We like, somebody coming. Well, shit. We don't know who it is. And like, so how the show start off, bro? Like, you just see the OVO radio sign pop up. This when he first started OVO radio. And like, okay. shit just went, like, everything went black. And you just saw OVO radio sign light up in, in like that fucking white ice looking shit. And uh, smoke just started coming out, bro. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then they just start playing like all OVO shit. They start like it, it's a live OVO radio broadcast. 
and you and you start hearing this nigga talk and shit like that, and then he brings out division. Okay. At this point, nobody know who the fuck division is. Nobody know what this dude look like. They just put a big ass division sign in purple on the screen, and then hella fog and smoke come up, and then this dude just pop out in this smoke singing. And we like, who the <laughs> fuck is this nigga? What the fuck drink it? At this point, we like, who the fuck? Like, whatever. And then, um, so the vision goes off, and Magic Jordan come out. I'm like, oh, okay, we know them, whatever. It's cool. Right. Nice little vibe. And then Party Next Door come out. And at this point, this one, Party Next Door, first joint had already been out, so he popping. But niggas was like, where the fuck is Drake, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, nigga, you cool. Where the fuck is Drake at, though? And then, bro, like, party goes off. And all you hear is, uh, everything just goes silent. And then he plays, uh, this when I Know Yourself first came out. So that mm. shit come out, and the crowd go crazy. Like, insane, bro. Everybody jumping, blah, blah, blah. Dude, come out. Boom. This fresh off the meek shit, too. So, like, okay. So, like, this, like, maybe five, six months after the meek shit dropped. So, like, Drake ran out. He performed Know Yourself. He performed uh, Six God, I think, and Know Yourself. So, this right after, mm-hmm. if you're reading this, you're too late. Um, so, he dropped, okay. he played all that shit. Then he goes into back to back. When I say everybody knew this fucking words, bro, this shit was crazy. Uh, so he goes in the back-to-back performance, back-to-back. And this was the shortest Drake set I ever seen. Like, he probably performed six songs and then bounced mm-hmm. because it was a festival. And it was like a surprise. Right, right, right. And he really just wanted to showcase his new artist. But he walks off to Legend. And I was just sitting there like, this nigga cold. I was like, <laughs> yo, he he really had us sitting here for like two hours on a rumor that he was coming. Like, at, remind you, bro. At this same time, across Austin, Texas, it's a bunch of other shows that are already confirmed with big ass artists, right? Like going on, and people like, "Fuck no, I ain't leaving Drake about to be here, bro." Off a of rumor, it's, he was nowhere on the bill, bro. It was a rumor. And he and, and, a, and a fucking makeshift fort full of people, bro, just sat there for an hour and a half. Wait, waiting. Just for a rumor, bro. Like, that shit crazy. Yeah, let you know, <laughs> yeah. He had, he, had, he had the, I mean, dog, back with, with that and if you're reading this too late, then back to back, like, yeah, bro, he was on another level, bro. It's, on another level at that time, yeah, just unfucking stop. Like, this pushing shit was always. It's it's funny because like, like people say Drake ain't ain't take a loss, but anytime a nigga make you go add songs to your album. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get spicy. Let's get spicy there, bro. Fuck it. Let's get spicy. I mean, I mean, it, like people say, like Drake went tripping off there, but anytime a nigga makes you go add songs to your album, bro, your shit was done. 
He ain't make you take songs off. He made you make that shit a double disc. Right. Like, you added, like, four songs after this nigga dissed you. Like, you was hella tight, bro. He was tight. He was tight, mm-hmm. fam. He was, he, he was really sweating. And, and, and you know, and, and and I think, if anything, bro, that, that's what that's what he needed, though. I think I think he needed that shit to really push him to where the fuck he at right now, because because right. the show was fire. I like the show. We in Chicago, mm-hmm. in the mid in in the thick the thick of the the Pusha T shit. I mean, by this point, uh, Jay Prince had you know said you know chill out with all that shit. But in the thick mm-hmm. of it, and like I could I could. I'm like I said, this is my first time seeing him live, but I can tell mm-hmm. like he had like a fire lit under his ass. He had a different bounce and shit. And then like you know he's he came out with all these features and shit that he did. You know like the little the little baby feature and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. You know so his features are always on point, but definitely you could tell like his energy. Yeah, bro, like it lit a fire under his ass and. And the situation, just listening to him talk on the shop and then the push a T-shirt, my nigga got hit with the okie doke. Like, and he said, he needs to be hitting his fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> like, I punch him in his fucking right. face. Like, and then come to find out, it's from pillow Bruh. Like, all the information came from your homeboy... Who was pillow Man, talking? It's a lot. It's a lot wrong with this whole situation, bro. For one, bro. For one, let's go back to the shop. I don't care how tight I am with any of my homies. I'm never <laughs> sitting in front of my homie and I'm saying, "Did I let you down?" or whatever bullshit that he he said to LeBron. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a fuck, bro. Like you can be my big <laughs> homie, my OG, but like I'm never gonna sit there unless you like my pops, bro. And be like, I text you, and what what I said? He said, did, did I did I let you down, bro, <laughs> bro? <laughs> like, for one, let's let's talk about LeBron, dog. We we got you, you're not my dad. <laughs> we gotta talk about LeBron. This nigga LeBron was working out to Daytona every day, fam. When that shit dropped, <laughs> just for Drake to get on this fucking shot, bro. Talking about did I let you down? Like this nigga's listening to the niggas. Who's this? Hey, bro. You, bro. <laughs> when you got heat, you got heat, bro. So, and it's like LeBron making the ugly face to put all pusher songs, and then he got you yeah, on here, and you look like his long lost son or some shit. Talking about did I let you down? Like, bro, analyze the situation, right? <laughs> well, I think I think it's clear that he wanted that smoke with Ye, but he ain't really want that smoke with. Push. But did you? Because if you if you listen to how he was talking, uh, and I mean, obviously you listen mm-hmm. to it, but in the shot, you know when Ye flew him out to Wyoming and had, you know to do all this work, and he only left with one track, Wait, bro. Ye. Yay flew him out like an Instagram thought, bro. <laughs> let's let's keep wanting. Yay hit him with that future. I'm good, love. Enjoy. Enjoy. 
That man, yay, is cold with it, bro. <laughs> Flew him out the fucking Wyoming out of all places. And like suppose like had supposedly have him work on all this <laughs> this music and shit. And he left with one song. <laughs> one fucking song. On top of that, your best friend was already up there and hit you with like, yeah, some shit mm-hmm. is off. Mainly due to the fact that the chick cheeks he was cracking, right? Basically, was like, "Look, this nigga got a baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> baby mama." Hey, he went off the rocker though, fam. It's like it's one thing to pillow talk about your homies, bro, but you told her about the baby trip, bro, right? And and then the rollout and then everything, like, like. I, like okay, let's let's talk about pillow talking. Like, I don't think a honest man would sit up here and say that pillow talking with your girl don't happen, right? Because there, I have been, you know, laid up, mm-hmm. and like the girl you rapping with gives you some information. Mm-hmm. That you weren't privy to, and it may be about her homegirl. Mm-hmm. So, like, by proxy, it, I kind of feel like it's an unwritten rule that, like, whatever we talk about laying on these these silk pillowcases, mm-hmm. <laughs> all cuddled up, like this don't that don't leave this space. Mm-hmm. So. I'm looking at Forty and Drake, and I'm just like, "Yo, y'all niggas are horrible when it comes to picking women, dog." Yeah. Like, between you picking yo, between you, you know, getting your baby mama pregnant, and this nigga laying up with a goddamn informant, mm-hmm. like, y'all gotta do do better at vetting these women, bro. Yeah, but you know, but like, you know, it's wild to me, man. You know it's why, like the biggest thing with pillow talking, bro. Like, it's it's only natural to share share things with your significant other. But right. like, like I'm pretty sure I done told like ex girlfriends or whatever something about my life or something. But like, right? At what point do we judge the person who disclosing the information more than the person? Who trusted you enough to tell you this shit? You get what I'm saying? Like, right? Like, it, it's like I think that's where my issue with pillow talking is. It's like, I yeah, if there's some random thought and you just out here like smashing and then you telling her all Drake business, that's some crazy shit. Like, that's some legit pillow talking. But if this your shorty who you probably been feeling a little minute. And then she straight snake you on that. It's like writing that tell-all book, right? It's 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 like writing mm-hmm. a tell-all book where somebody has been telling you stuff in confidence and and thinking that you're cool, and, and no matter what, you ain't gonna go spread the shit out. But then as soon mm-hmm. as they leave the crib, they telling all your damn business, and it's like, right. damn, you gotta look at them more so than the person who felt like they could trust your ass. Like now, yeah. you sitting here straight up, straight up telling telling all this, the juice, you know. Yes, mm-hmm. I don't think he should have told that juice to her. Like, if anything, say you and your man's had to go on a trip, 
Like, right. My man's went into details about my man's work. Like, mm-hmm. that's where he's at fault at. He's at fault at the amount of detail he gave this young lady, if that's the truth. You get what I'm saying? Like, it, right, right, and, right. And I mean, shit, Drake, the damn same way. Like, you sitting here telling Kanye bipolar ass all your shit, right. sending him pictures About your and, son and, shit. and all right. this shit. And it's like, just like, did you listen to the Joe Budden shit? We're pushing. I uh, I listen to bits and pieces, but like, like all right, man. Like, push it for one. Push it sound like he want to punch Kanye sometime, and and, and for two, yeah. he, it's clearly pushes like, dude, them dudes are weird. They got some kind of some <laughs> kind of bromance going on with each other where they fucking snake each other in the back all the fucking time, right. which is some weird right. ass shit. But I mean, if that's what they down for, then that's what they down for. It's just kind of fucking weird, yeah. you know. So yeah, because he was standoffish about like them, because they were asking him about like what the fuck happened with Tiana mm-hmm. album and, and certain shit, and he was like, "Well, my shit ain't come out like that because I was there for every step of the process." And, and producing my album, and he was, and it was like he kind of was throwing her under the bus a little bit, which I ain't fuck with too much. Mm-hmm. But at at the same time, I coming from, but I'm not gonna blame her for not sitting in on every mixing every mixing session after she didn't did her part. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't went, and we talking about yeah at this point, you didn't went and. We we thought it was one thing, and then you then went behind me and then doctored some shit up, mm-hmm. and it made it totally different from what it was. Like, and it was crazy is you know that there's some truth behind that because the last few albums Kanye has put out, he then went back and changed some shit, and then put the updated version of the album back, you know, to stream and it's been a complete, kind of a completely different album than what it was, because he did that with uh, Life of Pablo Mm -hmm. and I think he did this with his last album, so like there's some truth behind that, but you know, like you said, they own some 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 weird shit. Yeah, that shit weird, bro, like (laughs) It, like and 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 I didn't start analyzing it a lot more since I didn't heard Push talking out of her Drake talk like this shit weird. Like you trusted this man that that like I'm pretty sure Jay probably told Drake you know hey man like that's my guy but you need to keep him at arm's length away right you know I'm just saying like it, it's just it's weird it's just weird fam like that whole. The whole scenario is weird. Like, everything about it is just fucking weird as shit. And, and it almost seemed like Drake knew he was about to get into some bullshit. But he just went anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, just to go along because it was fucking Kanye, like so many people. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just, and it's just like, at what point do, do you got to take some fault in your own shit where it's like, Nigga, y'all wow. Like why just like when Kanye produced the the push disc that Drake did and it's like you didn't think that was weird, nigga? Like this nigga <laughs> like this nigga's producing this song for you and you saying this shit low key about push. 
Like, you don't think that's weird. Right. And Push is the president of this man's label. Right. Like, you don't think any of this is weird. Like, that. that's where it kind of come off as foul play to me. Like, these niggas doing this shit on purpose. Right. You know, and then they just putting other people in the middle. Yeah, yay, yay got some... Yeah, he got some snake tendencies, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that kind. Yeah, that kind of made me look at him different. Yeah, yeah, he got some some snake some snake tendencies, and I mean, we know that nigga been. I mean, in the media as far as you know, going up there to the fucking White House and shit like that's, bro. That nigga gone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, bro. That nigga's gone. So. But and yeah, I think it was just crazy. Yeah, and I think the snake shit is is what killed me the most because it's like it's two people back to back weeks basically saying like he he brought them in promising to work on their music, mm-hmm. and then he he basically they get there and he is like, nah, bro, we, it's all my shit. It's some Suge Knight shit, bro. Yeah, like it's like yeah, come in, you know, we gonna put you on all these tracks. We gonna get your album right. Blah, blah, blah. Then you walk in there and I feel like yeah, he just got big ass niggas posted up on each side of the door like, oh nigga, drop your shit. It's time yeah. to work on yeah album. You know what I mean? It's just yeah, yeah. fucking crazy as hell. Yeah, and then you out there in the middle of fucking nowhere, so what can you do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> out there with them fucking teacups and <laughs> And fucking hypnotizing motherfuckers. Right. And then they, they come out there and write all his fucking music and then he fucking hit the teacup and they send their ass home. Right. Like now I got I got my I got my beats and your fucking lyrics, nigga. Now now what? You, you know who Yay remind me of? You remember when you was little and you and and you used to go to your homie house, right? Yeah. You go to your homie house and uh you play the game with your homie. Right. And then he like, nah, fam. He give you the fucked up controller. <laughs> you know what I mean? He give, yeah, you the, yeah. he give you the controller that run on his own and shit. And then you like, damn, bro. Like, my controller fucked up. And he like, oh, man, I got the good one. Or or he be like, man, it's my house. These my rules. So, like, we got to restart. You know? That yeah. nigga, that's who yeah. they remind the, me. The of, motherfucker bro. that hit the, that kicked the shit, the out, the <laughs> fucking plug out the outlet, and be like, "Oh shit, shit, my bad, bro." Be like, "Nigga, I was clearly beating you, bro." Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go outside. On? Like, nah, nigga, ain't you no know, going outside, nigga. We here. You, you nah. owe me. You owe you, you owe this fame, nigga. <laughs> so that that's what that shit remind me of, and it's fucking wild as fuck that somebody. Who we grew up on, like Kanye, is turning out to be like a fucking rat and snake ass nigga. That shit wild. Yeah. But moral of the story is we did get mob ties <laughs> hey. out of the situation. So Which my is nigga. My shit. So my nigga. It it can be both. It can be both, bro. Push the teeth, yep. smoke this man. And mm-hmm. Drake went back and Gave us some good music on A side, bro. So it can be it's both, crazy. man. I was about to say this is one of the few situations where both people kind of won out of the situation, right? So, right. Stop trying to make it a popularity contest with, oh, he sold this, he sold that, bro. Like, no, man. And then on top of that, okay, 
we I said this before and I'll say it again. We grew up in the era of no Vaseline, hit them up, 50 Cent just destroying Ja Rule's career, and none of them beefs were there ever limitations mm-hmm. or rules set on what you can and can't do, bruh. Mm-hmm. Fucking Pusha started it off with the track on uh, Daytona. Cool. Fucking Drake responded, talked about his fiance. Pusha said, mm-hmm. oh, that's where we going, my nigga? Let's really mm-hmm. get to the shit. So, like, it can keep escalating to whatever point you want it to escalate to. I feel like I speak for everybody where when I say, obviously, we don't want to see no violent shit. Just keep it at, you know, bars and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But it was never no fucking commandments to the shit, dog. And then on top of that, him saying, and him saying he studied battle rap. I'm like, you couldn't study battle rap. Them, <laughs> them were some of the most disrespectful ass niggas mm-hmm. ever, bro. Ever. Man, ever, you, bro. I mean, have you studied just like this songs, bro? I mean, because you got a catalog of like, he, st- he clearly studied more so um ether versus studying takeover or no vaseline that that that's that's where i feel like the difference in your diss rap is because you can either get disrespectful like takeover right or you can you can go for you know the mainstream approach like ether right because if you listen to Ether, what is Nas really fucking saying about Jay? Not really shit. Yeah, not not he. I mean, he making like some taking some jabs and shit. Some like that. jabs, but yeah. it's like it's it's fucking comedy. At, at one point, he talked about this man do karate. And, you know, it's kind of like clearly this nigga Jay's not taking karate classes, fam. Right. He too uncoordinated for that shit, for one. Like, we didn't seen enough <laughs> I mean, awkward, yeah, awkward pictures of fucking Jay-Z to know he my, ain't took it. My favorite rapper can't, know, can't throw a fucking football. So, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so. Right. Yeah, man. So, that in itself is like, yeah, bro, you not really, you can't, you contradicting yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, yes. Yeah, Keep it. Let's keep it at bars and be like, I study battle rap, but then being like, oh, this is too far. Like it just, it just, it don't go hand in hand. I'm sorry, I come from the school of thought, like in a fight or any kind of confrontation, like mm-hmm. outside of like stabbing and shooting a nigga, it's fair game, bro. Like we can shoot the fair one and like square up and box, but at some mm-hmm. point, nigga, it then becomes okay, nigga. I'm not getting paid to box. I'm getting. I'm I'm not getting paid to box. I'm trying to survive. So nigga, it's whatever at this point. So catch catch these bows and these knees. Like mm-hmm. that's just just this is my my mind state, dog. So but like I said, it can be both, man. Drake is still prospering out here. I'm clearly going to see this nigga for a second time. And mm-hmm. I'm still and I'm still fucking playing Daytona and listening to Pusha T when he talks. So like 100 <laughs> percent So it can be both. But moving past that. The holidays are coming. Mm-hmm. Holidays are here. So, out of Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, which mm-hmm. how would you how would you rank them? 
Man, that's crazy. Uh, let's see. I mean, I got to go. That's tough. And and I say that because Christmas ain't even, like, top two. Christmas is three automatically. Okay. Um, it's it's between New Year's and Thanksgiving. It's my number one. Okay. Um, I say Thanksgiving because, for me, I have a huge family. So, like, that's the one time of the year where we all, like, we pick a location. So, like, this year it's in Atlanta. Okay. Where my aunt lives. So, all of us go to Atlanta, and we all kick it just for the whole weekend. We drink. We eat good. We talk shit. My uncle's getting fights. Uh, <laughs> you know, my cousin's talking shit. It's just a good-ass time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, and I think, for me, Thanksgiving always been, like, I mean, everybody's seen soul food. It's just been that moment where the whole family just come in and shit, you know, old ass drama come up because ain't people ain't been in the same room. Somebody drink too much and start talking shit during the game of cards. I don't know. It's just that whole moment. It like personifies like the black family for me. So right, like, right, right. That's just that's just one of those moments where it, it, it's just it's just like it always reminds me of family. I always try to, you know, I, I get upset when I can't be around, like, family or, like, enjoy Thanksgiving more so than Christmas or, like, anything like that. And then New Year's, man, New Year's is just one of those moments. I, I think over the last, like, five years or so, it's become one of my favorite holidays because it, like, it's like one of them black excellence nights, like a rock boy type of night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you get up, you get with your homies, you dress nice. You know, when we was all single, we would all just dress nice, hit up a section at, at the New Year's Eve party and kick it. Mm-hmm. And shit, even now that when we are, when we got ladies and shit like that, we we now bring our ladies and it's just a, a whole experience that like, you just you get dressed up, you go out, kick it, you celebrate your homies, you prepare for the new year. It's just a good way to start fresh. And 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 I think as an adult, that's kind of become like my Christmas in a sense, because it's like it is the end of the year. Right. I, I usually buy myself a, a nice new suit or something, at least a new blazer, some new kicks, and then you just go kick it, you mm-hmm. know. Christmas, Christmas is cool. Christmas always was like a immediate family type of thing. We always used to just chill or whatever, uh, and open up presents. But I don't think I've been excited for Christmas uh, since I was like fifteen. I don't, I don't, it's, you know, it's just kind of like if I get something, I get something. It's cool. It's cool to be around family. But usually, shit, I know, especially in college, we were throwing parties. Right, Christmas night. So, like, I really ain't care about it. I was just kind of like, "You making bread?" Yeah, like, let's go have, let's go kick it. We got a party tonight, you know. Let's keep it moving. So, what about you though? <clears throat> so, reason I brought this up is because <laughs> as I'm getting older, shit is is shifting a little bit mm-hmm. for me. So. My me personally, Christmas, Christmas, my shit, mm-hmm. and not because of like the idea of getting something. I have become the person that likes to give people bomb ass gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, ever since I've been able to make like 
some some type of money. Like I always go all out for Christmas, mm-hmm. and that might be based off of you know just how Mama White moved because she always would go all out for me on Christmas or whatever. So that probably just mm-hmm. transferred down to me. Second will probably be New Year's. So, and it's kind of the same idea that you said of, you know, getting ready. I haven't actually gone out in a while. So I'll probably, you know, for this year, I probably will, considering it's mm-hmm. my la- the last one in my 20s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> yeah, for the simple fact that it's like a fresh start. I'm not, I'm not into, the, like, the new year, new me. Mm-hmm. aspect but I am big on how you fucking bring it in mm-hmm. so whatever energy whatever type of vibe you trying to like bring into the new year I feel like that can set the tone see and that's and that's so, and that's my mindset about it like you go out you look good you look like money you smell like money you kick it like you got money and right. money's bound to come that year but if you I feel like you sitting in the house and not doing nothing. And, you know, it's kind of whack. Right. I mean, it's crazy because this year I'm doing, we, we think about doing something a little different with just like, you know, some couples type shit. Right. Which is still cool. You celebrate, you celebrate with good people. Right. I think, I think that's what ultimately New Year's is all about. Celebrate with, with good people who, who you really care about being around and just, and bring it in on a high note. Like none of that, like mopey shit. You know, it's just like you should be. You should be happy bringing in this new year, and and that you got another year to like reach new goals and do new shit. And you know, I don't know. That's how I always look at it. Like, so if I can't do nothing on New Year's, I'm kind of like, man, this year might not be that great. Like and then I didn't even got I don't have to go out, but like I'd rather bring it in with some good people than just be in my house watching the fucking New New Year's ball drop mm-hmm. in New York or some shit. Right. Yeah, I used to have to do that shit when I was like fifteen, sixteen and shit. Cause like it wasn't really shit for us to do out out mm-hmm. there at that time. And then motherfucker, you can't go out there, niggas be shooting. So oh, man. New Year's, especially in St. Louis, I mean, everywhere now, but, like, you know, in St. Louis, you be on the highway, you start hearing pop, pop. Right. You're like, shit. <laughs> you already know what time it is. So. Yeah, you, if you ain't at your destination by midnight, you might as well just. It's a wrap, uh, bro. Yeah, sit, <laughs> sit somewhere, bro, because you, if you're on that road anywhere before 11 o'clock, Eat I mean, your... around 11 o'clock, you might, you might get hit with something straight, so you it... might as well. Yeah, man. Eat your spoon, yeah. eat your spoonful of black eyed peas and call it a night, my nigga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep. last would be Thanksgiving due to the simple fact that it is really a fucking waiting game. Like that's true. It is a waiting game of like, no, nah, we can't eat till everybody get here, and like the dynamics of my family is a little different. So like, my dad's side of the family is spread out. So like. Mm-hmm. It has to be a special occasion to get all of my dad's side of the family in town. Mm-hmm. With that being said, a lot of my family members that are around my age don't live here. So if we decide to go to my aunt's house, because she has a big-ass house, and do mm-hmm. Thanksgiving over there, like, bro, I'm sitting around with people that, like, are fucking 
sixties and seventies, like. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning this about myself. Like, if I'm not like engaged or like, like, not like stimulated in conversation in any sort of way, mm-hmm. like I I zone out, bro. So like, yep. or I'll get up and just like walk out. And now, mm-hmm. nigga, I'll, I'll just get. A, I don't even go sometimes. Like, like, what am I going for? Like. They still look at me like I'm still the little, you know, six or seven year old, bro. I'm like, yeah, I'm not definitely not that no more. So like, <laughs> so what are we doing? So it becomes a thing where now I just eat with like my, like you said, this is like this is my immediate family holiday, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not even that because my like my sisters and stuff may go out of town. Yeah. So like it'll just be me and my my my, uh, my parents and shit, and like you know, niggas get the itis and Thanksgiving a wrap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's true though. So it's like ah, bro. All right, cool. And then by 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 Friday, I'm usually done with the leftovers. So like, it's yeah, only yeah. it's how only how many ham sandwiches right. you ate. How many ways can you dress up and make a ham sandwich real, bro? <laughs> but it's all, but it's always that one family member. I mean, at least for me, dog. Like, well, you don't even get to enjoy all your leftovers because it's always that one family member who then woke up and ate all the good shit. Yeah, and then they leave you with some trash <laughs> or like the like the edge of the macaroni and right. the edge of the of the dressing in the corner of the fucking ham. You're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Then your ass eating catfish from somewhere else or some shit you know right so <laughs> so literally on black friday i'm already plotting on where i'm going to eat <laughs> so mm-hmm. so yeah bro thanksgiving would be would be three but i thought i was maybe tripping but i'm like no nah, it's just the thing is as you get older you know dynamic shift that like i would like for like each of the holidays to mean something as far as family and maybe mm-hmm. that 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 comes down to you know just kind of like I guess eventually building your own, which mm-hmm. you know I ain't ready to bring no little JY into the world just yet. You know baby steps right. and shit. But then when you have a significant other, shit that may just be transferred over to them for the time being. You never know. So, mm-hmm. but I was thinking about that today because like you know Halloween is Wednesday. Basically, after Halloween, bro, I've been in the mall already in this place so many motherfucking times. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, all right, we really, we really about to do this. Like, 2018, really finna wrap up here shortly. Yep. So, I'm like, that mean the holidays are coming. Like, fuck, okay, like, Thanksgiving is becoming like my least favorite out the three. So, mm-hmm. shit's crazy, man. But that's life. <laughs> yeah, basically, bro. Yeah, man. But go ahead and tell them where they can reach you at, bro. For sure. Y'all know I'm shot by CT on everything. Instagram, Twitter. Shit. It's on Facebook somewhere, but I'm never on that shit. <laughs> so Instagram, Twitter is where you can find me for the most part. Shot yes. by CT. Yes, sir. And all that info will be in the body of the podcast. Before I dip out, Shout out to, I literally just got back in from doing a trunk and treat because J.Y. love the kids. <laughs> I literally just got back in from doing a trunk and I treat. I see you, cuz. 
Yeah, dressed as Deadpool. Shout out to Ani and Tycoon on that shit for putting it together. I'm going to get them on the podcast eventually, too. So shout out to y'all. But until next time, we'll holler at y'all later. Live Shack West, bitch, I'm dying, Shack West. Live Shack. Live Shack West, bitch, I'm dying, Shack West. Bitch, live Shack West, bitch, I'm dying, Shack West. Bitch, live Shack West, bitch, I'm dying, Shack West. Bitch, live Shack West, bitch, I'm dying, Shack West. Shit, live Shack West, bitch, I'm dying, Shack West. Bitch, live Shack West, bitch, I'm dying, Shack West.